that we are called to serve. Our objective is that we would present ourselves every day to serve the Lord and to pass it along to others as well. This morning we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Two key truths today. Number one, believers serve like good soldiers. Number two, we are to serve to please our Savior. Under our Bible basis this morning, we are encouraged to review Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6. And I have it before me this morning, and you'll recognize the verse. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How many are glad for the Prince of Peace this morning? Amen. God loved us so much, he sent his son to save us from our sins. Well, today, again, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So where does it fit in the overall story of the Bible? Uh, Paul is writing certainly a second letter to encourage a young pastor. His name is Timothy. And by the way, Timothy is pastoring at Ephesus and was probably written sometime around A.D. 64, 65 in that area. But also remember... As Paul wrote this letter, uh, he was in prison. He was under house arrest in Rome. And, of course, that's when he wrote that letter. Let's go ahead and do where I get started. A question this morning. Now, anybody here served in the military? I have not. Anybody served in the military? Okay, I thought I had a couple that did that. So all I could do if I ask myself this question is kind of assume what what I've heard. But what does it take? What does it take? Uh, to make a good soldier. Okay, why you say that? Okay. <laughs> okay, all right, I think I can see that, all right. Dan, what about you, what's your thoughts on that? Okay, I think it's good, yeah. It's interesting. Now, I have an uncle that's a year older than I am, and uh, he was a tough guy in high school, and he he had a desire, if he ever go to the service, to go to the Marines. Well, he got a letter from Uncle Sam one day, an uh, invitation, if you will, and so rather than go to the Army, he just went down and joined the Marines. Now that it's over and done, you know, it's been, you know, he's... but. Probably initially, probably one of the worst mistakes he made. <laughs> I said, uh, when did you realize? He said, about three seconds in. He said, we pulled up to boot camp there at Paris Island. He said, the, you know, here we just a bunch of young kids. And the drill sergeant got on the bus, said, fellas, you've got ten seconds to get off this bus, and seven of them are already gone. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, he said uh, for three days they had to sleep at attention. They weren't allowed to get up and use the restroom. He said one day the uh, drill sergeant came in and said, we haven't seen a newspaper, we haven't seen a TV newscast. And the drill sergeant came in and said, hey guys, anybody want to watch TV today? Boy, they all raised their hands. And the drill sergeant wheeled a TV in to the barracks. He said, okay, guys, on your hand, on your elbows and your knees. 
And he said we sat on our elbows eight hours and watched that TV. It wasn't even plugged in. And some of the horror stories he told me. And my brother was in the Marines about, I don't know, ten years later, a little bit easier than that. But why why is it so tough, I wonder? Why do they make it tough on you? Say it again, Dan. Absolutely. Boy, they weeded out a lot of them. Okay. Yes. Because they wanted you to realize that it's not going to be easy out there if something had to go out to the field, right? If you had to go to battle. And you had, like, you had to depend on each other. And so all of these things were required, and they know that. Now, again, I know that through the years, the Marines have had to back off. There were some lawsuits filed, things like that, because they went too far. But still, the whole point of any boot camp is to train you to know you have to depend on each other, and you simply have to be focused. I think Dan, you said pay attention. Uh, All that's important if you're going to be a good soldier. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today when it comes to walking uh, with God. So let's begin this morning. Uh, Again, we're looking Paul's instruction to a young pastor. He's pastoring the church at Ephesus, and again, I emphasize he is young, and because of that, uh, Paul realizes uh, Timothy's going to have some trouble getting respect to some of the people, but still he wants them to know to be a good soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I also want to remind you, uh, in the chapter 1, toward the end of chapter 1, uh, Paul had told Timothy that a lot of church leaders in Ephesus had abandoned him. Now, it doesn't mean they walked away from their faith, but remember, Paul was under house arrest. He, was, he, was, he had to go to trial, and they refused to come to support him. Uh, they were afraid you know, of being arrested. They were afraid of this or that. And so Paul said, they basically have, have, have abandoned me. And so Paul wants to warn Timothy, don't do that. Not necessarily abandon me, but don't walk away. Understand, if you're going to serve in God's army, is it going to be easy all the time? No. And that's what he wants Timothy to do. That, as a background, let's go ahead and begin in verse... Uh, 1, verses 1 through 13, 2 Timothy chapter 2.
Thank you, Dan. Now, as I said a moment ago, chapter 1 kind of ends on a, a down note, if you will, uh, kind of disappointing of some that refused to stand with Paul, sort of a defection, if you will. And again, talk about those in Asia Minor, and Ephesus was the capital of that uh, area. And of course, that's the church where Timothy is pastoring. And so Paul is simply basically saying to Timothy, look, don't do that. Uh, don't, don't become weak. Uh, you know, continue to uh, resist that kind of uh, attitude because it's not always easy to serve Christ, but with the help of Christ, we can do it, and he wants Timothy uh, to understand that. Now, it's also interesting is this, uh, you know, Paul says, Timothy, you got to re- realize, well, let me ask you a question, okay? What does it take? To be effective in our walk with Christ. What does it take? Dedication, okay. That's good. You gotta believe what you're saying, all that's true. And and it's you know, does it I think it, you know, we talk about dedication, believe what you're saying. It involves our intellect. Uh, it certainly involves determination. Isn't that true? But let me, those are all important. But we have to understand, without the divine help from Christ, what chance do we have? None. We need His divine help. And the Lord promises to supply that in our lives. And all those other things are important, but we've got to have help from God. So, you know, Paul is not just saying, Timothy, uh, brace yourself. And you need to do that, certainly. But he said, depend upon God to provide what you need in order to remain courageous and not turn away like some of those other folks were doing uh, there at Ephesus. Now, it's interesting, and one good uh, statement, I think, that our teaching guide made was the fact that when we think about serving grace and saving grace, serving grace is always supplied with saving grace. God gives us the grace to serve. Now, you know, grace, we talk about that a lot, but part of grace means the ability, the ability to do what God wants us to do. And earlier in this letter to Timothy in chapter 1, Paul had encouraged Timothy to guard the truth, God's word, that had been deposited into the life of Timothy. Why? Because it's sacred. It needs to be guarded. But now Paul takes it a little bit farther than that because he realizes you have a duty not just to guard it, but to pass it on to other people. You tell one to tell another that they might tell someone else. Now, what's interesting is this. Paul realized, whether it was him or Timothy, they needed divine help from God in order to endure hardship. So again, Paul says to Timothy early on, guard this truth. Don't allow any air to be mixed with it. Simply guard the gospel from having any error at all. But also, Timothy, make sure that you're not only guarding it, 
but you're passing it on from one generation to another. Now, it's interesting, uh, Paul sort of breaks it down in different stages of how this works out in the church, in, in sharing the gospel. And the first thing he talks about, and Paul realized that God had entrusted himself with the gospel of Christ. But my question is, did Paul keep it to himself? No. He shared it. That's what he's saying to Timothy here. He said, first of all, he said, you know what? God gave it to me, Timothy. And and of course, not just Timothy, but he, he says, I've shared it with other people as well, including you. I've relayed the message that God has given me. I have given it to you as well. So what did Paul want Timothy to do with that? Ah, pass it on. Tell somebody else to faithful men and women who will be willing to do what? Pass it on. You see the procedure here? You see a, you see a call for discipleship? Just keep passing it on and passing it on and passing it on. So it's interesting. Uh, again, thank God for salvation. Thank God uh, for the free gift that God has given us. But once we're saved, our obligation doesn't stop there. We are committed to guard the gospel, but we're also committed to pass it on toward to others who can pass it on to others. Now, it's interesting. Paul said, now, Timothy, what you're preaching, what you're passing on, has been heard among many witnesses. So this is not a secret. And by the way, a lot of the religions in that day were secretive, but not Christianity. Paul said, a lot of people have heard this, and we've got to continually pass it on. Now, in this text this morning, the verse that Dan, you just read, uh, Paul, uh, what do I want? He alludes to, he, he illustrates our walk with God by comparing it, if you will, uh, to three different vocations. What were they? A soldier was one. A what now? Okay. But even more specific now, they're all included there. If you're going to be a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer, right? A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Now, first of all, the one he uses first was a soldier. He compares our service with Christ as being a soldier for Jesus Christ. Now, in our Get Started, we kind of touched on that a little bit. But again, in regular service, Army, Navy, whatever, Air Force, does does that require... Sacrifice? Sure. Does it require dedication? Now, understand, being a soldier is not easy. And it was never meant to be easy. And Paul reminds Timothy of that. And he says, if you're going to be a good soldier, he says a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this world. In fact, if he's out fighting a battle, what's his mind supposed to be on? Yeah, on that conflict. What's going on there at that time? We talked about boot camp. And certainly, uh, very grueling. I've never been to it. I've heard that before. 
Uh, but nonetheless, then the reason it's that way, they want those folks to know, young men and young women to know, this is not a cakewalk. Being a, a soldier is not always safe. It's not easy. In fact, it can be a hardship in life. You take risks to be a soldier. And sometimes suffering will be a part of your life. So Paul is saying, look, Timothy, we are soldiers for Jesus Christ. And we need to know this from the get-go, that serving Christ will sometimes call for hardships. And we've got to be willing to endure those, uh, because it's not always going to be easy to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that even in the book of Acts, as the gospel was going out from Jerusalem, uh, persecution came, the church was dispersed, and it was even during these times of great persecution that the gospel began to be spread. So Paul says we're in a battle. There's a warfare going on. And, and by the way, that's why it has to be your number one priority. And no matter whether you're serving in the military physically or in God's army, the main thing is don't allow ourselves to be distracted from what God has called us to do. And, of course, we've got to remember uh, there's always all kinds of distractions trying to pull us away. But our focus has to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, Timothy, the goal of any good soldier, any good soldier is to please the one who they serve under. Pleasing that one. So if that's the soldier, the next illustration he uses is that of an athlete. And of course, you know, Paul in that day, uh, those games that went on there in Greece, very familiar. But Paul says, if you're going to be serving Christ, our goal should be pleasing him, but it also must be like an athlete. If you're going to win that race, not only do you have to run it and finish it, you've got to follow the rules. You've got to follow the rules. Now, what's interesting, those who would win that race would receive the garland. But it's interesting, they had to pass a very careful scrutiny of the judges. Did you do it the right way? Did you do this? Did you follow this procedure? Did you follow all the rules? At the end of that race, even though you came in first, ahead of everybody else, if you didn't follow the rules, guess what happens? You were disqualified. You were disqualified. Now, here's what's interesting. In chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, I want you to understand... Build everything around sound words. Keep it doctrinally biblical, Timothy. Don't allow anything else to enter in. Don't allow that to happen. Now, keep in mind, just because you enter a race, does that mean you're going to win it? No. And we've got to remember, some will be rejected by the judge. So Paul said, Timothy, be careful how you run. Be careful how you run. 
It's interesting. We know that the Bible says the first thing of steward has to be is found faithful. He has to be found faithful. Paul has reminded us that a soldier has to have, uh, be totally committed. Um, athlete has to train well. But then he talks about the farmer. Now think about the farmer. Any farmers here? I was raised up around in a farming area, worked for several farmers. Uh, but it's hard work. It's very, very hard work. And would you agree that a, a farmer uh, is going to have to have patience? Sure. I mean, they, 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 they plant the crop, and, and then they have to wait till it comes to reap the benefits of it. And now, there's other things they do. But everything about farming is definitely hard work. But Paul says, because of that, they enjoy the first fruits of their labor. And it should be uh, that way. And so Paul says, Timothy, understand. Make sure you endure like a good soldier. Make sure you run like a good athlete would. And make sure you have patience and work hard, just like a good farmer will work. Now, again, warning for Timothy, hey, here's what happens to some other people. Don't let it happen in your life. And Timothy, most of all, don't forget... God has promised to walk alongside of you. Now, here's what's interesting. Paul reminds Timothy, he says, consider what I'm saying. In other words, listen to what I'm telling you. But he goes on to say, God will help you understand. One writer said this. There has to be a balance between human effort and divine help. And one fellow said this, we work and study as if it all depends upon us, but we pray and seek God as if it all depends on him. That has to be the balance in our life, doing what we can, but depending on God at the same time. So no matter what, how we're serving no matter what capacity God has called us to serve in, we have to remember our lives have to be saturated in Bible study and we have to be fervent and diligent in our prayers if we're going to please the one we're serving. In verse 8, Paul challenges Timothy to remember Christ. So I want to ask a question. Here we have God in the flesh came into our world, the Savior of mankind. So uh, I'm assuming then, by that being said, life here on earth was easy for Jesus. Is that true? Dan, you're shaking your head no. Why? <laughs> Amen. It was far from it. it and we, we can list example after example after example. And Paul says, Timothy, remember our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes into detail about Jesus. He talks about him being the offspring of David. He talks about him being raised from the dead. And, and it's interesting, we've been, we preached about this a week or so ago on Sunday night. But, you know, Paul is again demonstrating not only the humanity of Christ, he's of the seed of David, but also the divinity. He was indeed raised from the dead. 
Now we know, in fact, Easter's coming up shortly, and, and we know that Jesus Christ died for our sins. We know that he was buried. But if he had just stayed in the grave, if he had stayed in that tomb, what's the result of that? That's right. Understand something, folks. When God raised Christ from the dead, it confirmed that his work for us was proved, approved by God. God approved his atoning sacrifice. Talking about the fact that he died for our sins and the resurrection confirmed his deity. And so while we serve Christ on this earth, as we live for him day to day, we certainly enjoy the fruit of what he's done through salvation. But thank God, one day we'll be with him for eternity in heaven. Thank God for Jesus Christ. And it's interesting, Paul says, remember Jesus Christ. Remember him. And so the point Paul is trying to make, Timothy, when life gets tough, remember Christ. When you lose hope, remember Christ. When the world discourages you, remember Christ. Why? We've got something better in him. An assurance of heaven is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, by the way, in verse 8, Paul talks again about the gospel. And, uh, oh, I see. Let me think about this for a minute. So Paul, the apostle, uh, the one who wrote so many, so much of the New Testament, his life was surely easy, wasn't it? No. Now, he was telling Timothy to endure hardships. Now, other than the fact that he was an apostle, okay, Lay that aside for a moment. What in the world would give Paul the right to speak about hardships? Say it again. Yeah, he's living it right now. So basically, he's not saying, Timothy, do this. I don't know anything about it, but you need to know, Timothy, I'm going through hardship myself. Now, he wasn't complaining. Not a, that's not the point here. But he's, he's saying, look, Timothy, I don't just preach it. I live it. And a good soldier has to be ready to endure hardships. <laughs> now, and not only that, now keep in mind, where was Paul at when he wrote this letter? Under house arrest. He was in prison. And keep in mind, not only was he under house arrest, he was viewed by many as an evildoer, someone who had done something wrong. But was that true? Not at all. But that's exactly how many of them looked at the Apostle Paul. They said he was an evil doer. So there he is, under house arrest, treated like a, a common criminal, if you will. And here's what he said. He said, they may have me in prison, but guess what? The Word of God is still going out. They can lock me up, Paul says, but he can't silence the word of God. You simply cannot silence the word of God. Paul said they can be successful in locking me up. They can lock up anyone they want to. But Paul says somehow and some way, God's word finds a way 
out. Now remember, five of his letters that he wrote, he wrote from prison. Five written from prison. Now here's, understand, he told Timothy, remember Christ. And Paul realized that nobody can stop the word of God. And when Paul considered those thoughts, when he focused on those things, and when he realized that Scripture is unstoppable, it made Paul want to do it even more and more and more. It energized him when he realized the value and unstoppable of the Word of God. In verses 11 through 13, Paul speaks about death, living, suffering, reading with Christ. Now, by the way, uh, Jesus said, if you suffer with me, you'll do what? You'll reign with me. Jesus, if you deny me, guess what? I'll deny you. And so Paul is sort of alluding to that, if you will. And what's interesting is this. Well, let me ask you this question. For the most part, would you agree that man is unpredictable? Isn't that true? At best, we are fickle. We can be up one day, down the next. We're hard to figure out. So we can't predict that. But Paul says, Timothy, you need to understand something. And certainly, I think it bothered Paul that those uh, some of those church leaders had sort of Walked away from him. But Paul realized something. I can't predict what man's going to do. I can't control what they're going to do. I can't make them make the right decisions. But Paul says, as unpredictable as man is, one thing I know for sure, my God is always faithful. Amen. God is always faithful, and God is always faithful to his word. And folks, we have to know, we have to believe that's exactly what kept Paul going. All the hardships he faced in life, preaching the gospel, and yet he would not give up because he realized no matter what man might do, God was going to keep his word and Paul was going to preach that word as long as he lived in this world. And he wanted Timothy to have that same kind of attitude. Timothy, just don't give up. Let me ask you a question, all right? Do we ever feel like giving up? Sure we do. Paul says, Timothy, don't do it. God will remain faithful. In verses 11 through 13, Paul gives what is called a faithful saying or a trustworthy saying or a true saying. And in all of his letters, there are five of those altogether. And we have it here, one of them here in, in verses 11 through 13. We find it in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. Paul said, this is a faithful saying. And then 1 Timothy 3, 1, he said, this is a true saying. 1 Timothy 4, 9, this is a faithful saying. Uh, Titus 3, 8, this is a faithful saying. And what's interesting is this. Now, here's what we need to understand. If God says something, what can we count on? It's going to come true. 
God always remains faithful. And Paul did not want Timothy to ever forget that. So let's apply it. We need to serve God like a good soldier. And we need to pass on what we have learned and what we are learning to others as well. Okay, that being said, let's, actually, let's kind of take time for a discussion a little bit. What are some of the ways that you and I can pass on our faith to other people? What are some of the ways? Say it again. Absolutely. absolutely. That's one good way. Somebody else. What are the ways we can share our faith? There you go. Tell them about Jesus. Now, by the way, I, I you know, and again, I mean, years ago I memorized the Romans row, the verses for salvation. That's, that's nothing wrong with that. But the best way to do it is just tell people what Jesus has done for you. Let people know what Jesus Christ has done for you. He can do for them. Uh, let's see here. What are some of the hardships that Christians might face as they try to serve God? What are some of the hardships? Now, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think we'll agree, we're blessed in America so far. For the most part, we're not persecuted. But how many know there are more Christians being persecuted across our world than any time in history? Any time. So there can be persecution, there can be... Uh, and, and by the way, I want to let you know, for your unsaved family and friends, they don't think you've got all your marbles. Okay, They don't understand. Because they, there's no way they can until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But Paul told Timothy... Doesn't matter. Man's unpredictable. But God is always faithful. He's always true. All right, number one, we're to serve like good soldiers. Number two, we're to serve to please the Savior. Verses 14 through 26. Anybody want to read that? Thank you. 
Thank you, Alan. Now remember, Paul is writing a young pastor here. And it doesn't matter where the location may have been, be it Ephesus, it applies everywhere. Anytime you deal with people, you'll have what? Anytime you deal with people, you're going to have what? Yeah, controversy. Now, it's interesting. Paul wants Timothy to be very effective in communicating the gospel. And Paul says to Timothy, it requires a lot. It requires diligent study. It requires prayer. And there's no doubt about that. Now, please understand something, folks. Paul has already told Timothy one time that God will help you understand. Consider what I say and God will help you understand it. And he will. But that is no excuse because we got divine help for laziness. Now, it's interesting. <clears throat> Paul says, study to show yourself approved. Now, that, that word study in the King James, that first word study, I think would have been better rendered Give diligence. Put your life to it. Because if it, Now, again, studying God's Word is part of it, but it's more than that. It's learning how to live for God. It's, it's, it's saying, you know what, that's my focus. But that includes, certainly, Bible study. So that first word study means don't waste your time on other things. Make learning about Christ, living with Him, the first priority of your life. In fact, the same Greek word uh, here in our verse today, in verse 15, is translated diligence in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. So it means make sure you're giving it all that you got. But part of that is rightly dividing the word of truth. That means you compare Scripture with Scripture. Uh, you make sure you're being honest to the text and things exactly like that. And Paul says, here's the thing I want you to understand. You gotta do your hardest to do this. You gotta do your best in every area of life if we're gonna be a worker approved by God. And Paul says, Timothy, I want you to commit your life to it. Give it all your diligence. Be sure to rightly divide the word of truth, but also apply everything you have to be a workman that God is proud of. Now, it's interesting. Paul tells Timothy there's some things that you have to avoid. Avoid vain talk that just produces strife. Is that going on in our world today? All the time. But Timothy, you're not doing any good. Avoid that. It's not beneficial for the church. It's not good for your ministry. And it's not good for God's people. It just brings about strife. Make sure, Timothy, you shun any false teacher. If a doctrine is wrong, a teaching is wrong, Timothy, reject that teaching. Don't allow it to happen. Paul said that false teaching is like a cancer. It eats away. It can destroy people's life. It is deadly, Timothy, so avoid that kind of controversy. He mentions two fellows, Hymenius and uh, Philetus. And Paul says, 
shun those kind of people. They're false teachers. Now, what they were teaching was that the resurrection already happened. And, and the reason they were teaching that, because of the society they lived in, Greek society believed only in spiritual things. And so they believed the body was evil, and the only thing the body would do when it died was go back to the dust and never exist anymore. So that group would teach your resurrection happened the day you got saved. God raised you to a new life. And Paul says, that's not true. That is not true. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, he writes an entire chapter about the importance of the bodily resurrection. So Paul says those are dangerous teachings, Timothy. Avoid them. Shun them like the plague. So how do you know the truth? You rightly divide the Word of God. That's why you rightly divide the Word of God. Now, how many know, no matter what cult you read after, they have Bible verses? Isn't that true? Doesn't matter whether Mormons, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and by the way, they're cults. They're cults. They have Bible verses. And they can make it sound good. They talk about a salvation. They talk about a Savior. They talk about redemption. But unless you study it out, they can fool you. Why? Because they haven't rightly divided the word of truth. How much time have I got left, Jason? Oh, good. I thought you had your hand on the button there for a minute. We've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, also remember, well, let me ask this question. Can any of us know for sure who belongs to God and who doesn't? Can we know it for sure about somebody else? No. But guess who knows? God knows. God knows who belongs to Him. He knows who doesn't belong to Him. He knows those who are real, those who are fake. God knows the heart of every person. However, because God knows doesn't absolve us from our responsibility, if you will, to depart from sin. From obeying the precepts of God's Word. And so Paul says part of that is make sure we know the Word of God. Make sure we study the Word of God. Let's be obedient to the Word of God. And let's separate ourselves from false teachers. Then Paul gives an illustration about houses. And the word is great home, but it's referring to uh, even wealthy homes. And Paul says there's vessels of honor, expensive stuff in that house. But they don't use it all the time. They use it on certain occasions. But there's also other materials there that are just used for everyday normal use. And Paul says, if you're preaching the gospel, you are a vessel of honor, a vessel of great value. And he's reminding Timothy, don't give up on your calling. Now remember, Timothy's a young man. And would you agree that uh, uh, young people think they know everything? And they're always ready to debate or to argue um, I don't know anybody in my family like that except Jeremy. But anyway, you know, be careful, he says. Shun those things. Get away from them. 
Make sure you're striving to please God in everything you say and you do. Don't be swayed by those kind of things, Timothy. Allow God to work in your life. Now remember, our whole goal is not to please anyone, but just that we're serving God. We serve to please Him. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. And Father, thank you that you've called us to serve you, Lord. Help us to be good soldiers, Lord, to be diligent. Help us, God, to rightly divide the word of truth that we won't be drawn away by these silly fables, but God, we'd be drawn near to you. We love you so much, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, chapter 3, 2 Timothy. God bless each one of you.